0: On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch.
1: Coming in at 320 kilobytes per second, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Matty Force for you and me. No when it comes no hey buddy, welcome to Maddie C Sports for you and me. And here I have a special guest from the Chicago Bears, legendary quarterback and two-time Super Bowl champ Jim McMahon. Today we talk about his life on the field and his college years, his NFL career, and post-career. And today we're going to start with his miracle game in 1980 the holiday bowl which featured BYU and his team playing SMU Mustangs which was a pretty big deal back then now we're going to start with what happened in the fourth quarter and how they came back
0: quarter everything started clicking uh we started moving the ball scoring a few touchdowns getting back within distance and then uh with about four minutes to go, we found ourselves down by 20 points. Uh, we ended up getting the ball, scoring, getting the onside kick, scoring again. Uh, tried another onside kick. It didn't work. They got it back, but we we stopped them finally. I mean, we had a tough time stopping them all night. with James and Dickerson were, were running all over the field. But uh, defense, uh, <coughs> you know, stood up and uh, stopped them, and we, we ended up blocking their punt. And then I believe there was about 18 seconds left in the game, time for about three plays. And uh, the first two plays were just kind of a waste. And then there was three seconds left on the clock. And, uh, you know, I just we, – we called a play that we practiced every week called Save the Game Pass, which it definitely did, which basically <laughs> yeah. everybody just goes to the middle – everybody just goes to the middle of the field and uh, somebody – the first guy there tries to tip it and uh, somebody's got to catch it. And the way it worked out, the ball came right down into Clay Brown's hands, by tight end, with about three or four of SMU guys around him. And I don't think they ever touched the ball. And, uh, AK, Clay came up with it, and we scored, and the uh, kicker came in, kicked the extra point, point. we ended up winning by one point. So it was a pretty exciting finish for sure. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that. Man, you must have had a gun right there, man. You, you tossed that friggin' thing like nobody's business. That was just like a straight shot,
0: like it was. Well, back then it was, uh, you know, my shoulder wasn't all that bad back then, so (laughs) it was, uh, it was feeling pretty good. I only threw it; I think it was about sixty yards in the air, which I probably had another ten in me. But, uh, you know, over the years, you know, now I couldn't, I couldn't throw it over the railing behind me right right now. So, oh, sure you could. no, these, these shoulders have not been well for the last few years. But uh, I had a bunch of stem cells put in in December, and uh body's starting to feel a little bit better. That's good to hear.
1: I know, I know you were having trouble with, with everything that was going on with you. And, you know, I saw the documentary with the 85 bears, and you looked like you, you were in tough shape. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing well now, uh, better than you were.
0: Yeah, well, much better. I I actually got diagnosed. uh, I got a doctor in New York that I go see. Haven't been to see him in about about five months due to this. uh, Everybody's locked down, but uh, hopefully get back to see him soon because I'm starting to have uh, headaches again. But uh, overall, at least I know what's going on with my brain. Uh, A lot of guys don't. They have a lot of frustration, a lot of, you know, a lot of denial and uh, a lot of bad thoughts go through your head. And I had those same thoughts, but at least now they know what's going on. So it's not a cure all, but it's definitely, it definitely helps me get by for about three months at a time. Well,
1: again, I'm glad that you're, you're, you're aware of what you're going through and all that type of stuff. And so is it, Is it harder now to, like, think about big games? Or are you still, like, just, you know, you just remember all the great times and, you know, all your players you were with? I mean, you you played with legends. I mean, like Otis Wilson, like Mike Singletary, like The Fridge, like everybody,
0: man, like they are so... I played for seven different teams. played with a lot of great players. had had a good time. I got to, I got to last in the league for 15 years, and, and I got two, two Super Bowl rings from the two oldest franchises in the league. So it's mm-hmm. kind of an exciting thing. And, uh, you know, I, I retired, what was it, 20, 23 years ago? And uh, so it's it's been quite a long time since I've had to, to strap it up and play. But uh, I still have a lot of great memories of all the people I play with and and all the fun that we had.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, watching watching you, like, just scramble and just and – you you were like the mo- – nobody's seen anything like that before. And then you came into the league and you were doing all sorts of stuff. Like, you were doing backflips and, like, crazy stuff like that. Like, you would get through yeah, – I couldn't do a backflip. Like, flip, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got flipped over a few times, but I can't do a backflip. Well, it looked like you were. Uh, well, my other thing is for you, Jim, is like, so in that Super Bowl 20, like, you won 46-10. I mean, how did you feel just, like, blowing them out? Like, did you feel bad? Or was it just like, we deserve this. Like, we just play the way we do.
0: No, no, we didn't feel bad at all. Uh, you know, that, that was our goal the whole season was to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, we were we had lost the NFC Championship game the year before. So we were, you know, we were, we were a good football team. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to, to finish the year strong. And uh, that was probably about as strong as we could be at that, in that day. Yeah, Defensively, so. we we dominated. Offensively, we did what we wanted. So it was uh, it was a nice ending to a to a tough year. Even though we were 15 and one, it was it was pretty tough on us. Uh, you know, Dick, Dick was no fun to to play for when uh, you know he, things didn't go right. So you know, the next couple of years we did well too. You know, the following year we were 14 and two. It wasn't like we went away. We were still a damn good football team. Should have won the Super Bowl again that year. Uh, The next year, I believe we were 11 and 5, and the year after that we were 12 and 4. So. We had home field advantage four straight years, and we just didn't take advantage of We should have won more than one Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, we won a lot of games in that five-year stretch. You sure did. I mean, with the with the Super Bowl in 96, I mean, I
1: know I'm going back and forth, but with, in the Super Bowl in 96 or even that season, like, did you feel like you your career was getting to the point where you were okay to be the backup with Brett Favre, or was it just like you were enjoying your last, last time on the field?
0: No, no, no. If if you enjoy being a backup, you shouldn't be playing. And I didn't I didn't like watching. Uh, I would have loved to play in that offense. It was it was a lot of fun fun offense to play in. Uh, very similar to what I did at BYU. Got to throw the ball quite a bit. So uh, yeah, it would have been nice to. To continue on and play, I I quit when I was 37. I probably could have played a few more years, but uh, I had promised my daughter who was getting close to getting to high school that I said, when you get to high school, that I'll retire. And uh, so you guys can stay in one spot and finish out, be at this one school for four years, because they had to travel everywhere that I played. And so for the first half of the school year, they would be going to school wherever I was playing at. And that was kind of rough on them for the first – I think they did that eight years in a row. So uh, it was tough on them, but – I think they enjoyed the, the experience of, of moving around the country, meeting new people. They still have a lot of friends in, in all the places that we went. And uh, But uh, I decided that then, I, I said, okay, I'm done. I promised you that I quit when you got to high school. So all my kids were, were raised in Chicago, and they all went to the same high school. And uh, they've got a lot of great memories there. Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear you're a family man. And, you know, it seems like you had a big
1: family with with every team you've been on. I mean, especially the the golden Super Bowl year of 85. I mean, there's so much I would want to talk to you about, but you probably talked about it so many times. I mean, like, what was your fondest memory? Was it giving Roselle the old all right, I'll, I'll wear your last name on my headband or something like that?
0: No, nah, I, uh, I just enjoyed my time. I mean, uh, I did a lot of things that the press, I guess, got a little upset about. I, I did those things to amuse myself. And if they got pissed, they got pissed. I didn't really care. Uh, you know, you go to work at 8 o'clock in the morning, you get home at 6. You know, you got to do all these, your meetings all day, then you practice, and you got to lift weights, and you got to get treatment. I mean, it should never end Big cycle, and I did it for 15 years, and it was that was plenty. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of great memories of that Super Bowl and, and the year. But uh, just just being around those guys. I mean, we had a we had a bunch of great guys on that team, and I'm still close friends with pretty much every one of them. So uh, I get I'll get to see a few guys I, every time I'm back in Chicago. I get to see a couple guys, and then uh, I see a few others around the country at different golf events that I go to. So you know, we stay in touch and. Uh, you know, we have a great time when we get together. You know, what What was it like to play with Walter Payton? Great. It was an awesome teammate, uh, great football player, never said a word in the huddle, you know, never said give me the ball, do this, do that. I mean, he just, he went out there every day, every day did his job and, and uh, he did it as, better, as good or better than anybody that's ever played that position. So it was uh, amazing to watch. You know, I'd give him, the, especially the first couple of years when I got there because we were not very good on the offensive line. For my first two years, and it was a it was a struggle for him. And uh, you know, I'd, I'd give him the ball, and I'd watch him make a thirty yard run that only gained about two yards. You know, he'd be bouncing off guys from one sideline to the other. Uh, he never ran out of bounds. I mean, he was going to hit somebody. You had to tackle him, and he didn't like to be tackled, and that was that was his specialty. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I could only watch highlights of them, you know, because I was younger back in the back then. I wasn't—I don't even think I was born yet. But like, to see the highlights of you, and and Walter and Singletary and Otis Wilson and like McMichael, like you guys just hammered people. And you—you you yourself were like, I don't mean to be a jerk, but like you'd be like, Dicka, come on, like you want me to do this play, but." I just gave you, like, a 60-yard,
0: like, play or a touchdown. Like, come on. Yeah, we didn't always agree. Uh, you know, we but we had the same goal, and that was to win. We just had, uh, you know, different opinions on how to do that. Um, you know, he thought he was an offensive coordinator, which he was not. Uh, <laughs> he was a tight end when he played, and that's how he called plays, like a tight end. I mean, he didn't really know how to set things up and – and he'd get frustrated if I didn't call the play he sent in, or or if I changed the play he sent in. But you know, I told him, I said, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to win ball games. If it's making you mad, then you know, take me out, trade me. <laughs> you know, I I never had a problem moving around. I I always had confidence in my ability. So, you know, I I played like I said for seven different teams, and uh, you know, I never I never thought I was the backup anywhere I went. So. That's, that's the mentality you got to have in order to to get to that position.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I I saw you probably like in the latter of your career. I mean, I'm from New England, so of course, like you kicked our I ass. I would have fight. never
0: guessed it with that with that
1: I mean, you kicked I got our a lot ass. of New
0: England. I got well, actually only a couple of friends in New England. Mike Miceruzioni out of Boston, oh, yeah. a little hockey player. Miracle on ice goal scorer. Yep. Yeah, and Dr. Uma Danabalan. She's a Harvard trained physician up there in Boston or outside of Boston. And, uh, we've done a lot of cannabis conventions together. She's, she's awesome. Yeah. I, I heard about that. So is it a big help for you with, with the cannabis stuff? I mean, I guess like, me I know you're adjusting it pretty well. Yeah. It gets me through, it gets me through every day. And I, I haven't had a pain pill in 20 years. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a godsend for me and and a lot of people, you know, those, those pain pillars are, are bad. Those opioids are, yeah. those are addictive. <laughs> Excuse me. And they've killed people. Whereas, whereas cannabis has never killed anybody. Right. And we yeah. have receptors, we have receptors in our body for it. We're supposed to be using this plant. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've always, I've always enjoyed it. I started in, back in 1973, I had my first joint. So, Uh, back then I didn't know how good it was for me. I didn't know about the, you know, the endocannabinoid system and all that. I just knew it made me, it helped me sleep. It helped me eat and it helped me feel better. And, uh, Dr. Uma was, was explaining to me about how the plant actually works and she goes, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel better. So yeah, I'm, I'm big time proponent of that and uh, getting people off their pills. I've got a lot of guys that still, uh, Are dealing with a lot of injuries and and problems, and I'm trying to get them off these pain pills and and get them onto something natural, and uh, hopefully they'll they'll change their minds.
1: Absolutely, and like you said, back in 1973, you smoked your first one. You know, at that time, you didn't know what type of like cannabis you had. You know, like it was just like you smoked a joint. It's not like you had like different kinds of like uh medicinal marijuana they have now now there there was
0: there wasn't a whole lot of options back then (laughs) no no
1: now it's but it it was uh, northern
0: northern california so it was pretty good yeah (laughs) oh man yeah i just didn't i didn't know at the time how how good it was for my body and and uh you know it's a it's an anti-inflammatory it's actually a neuroprotectant so Anybody that's been, you know, beating their head against the wall should should be using this, and and I think the NFL is finally coming around uh, to let to let their players, you know, go back to using it or continue using it. Whoever's you know who's ever involved, but it's a hell of a lot better than the uh, the pills that you have to take to play.
1: Now, was it is it like? Uh, did you have a like, like a a joining These books are with the NFL. killing me out here. Say that again. I was just saying for the cannabis, did you like help the NFL like influence them? Like, hey, like this is going to help our guys on the field. This is instead of taking pain pills, like you said, like, I mean, like, I mean, was it like trainers back then and stuff? Were they like, hey, like take a bunch of these, like these will help you type of thing?
0: Well, you can get pretty much whatever you whatever you needed back then. Um, but, uh yeah, the trainers aren't involved. Pretty, they're not really involved in handing out stuff. It's got to be doctors, but nowadays it does for sure. But back then, you know, there, there used to be bowls with pills in them, you know, uppers, downers, you know, whatever whatever hurt, you know, there was a pill for it. And they were very readily available. But I'm sure now they, they monitor it a lot. And, uh, you know, who knows? Like I said, I've been out 23 years. So it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't all that big a deal, the marijuana back back in the day i remember my first couple of years in the league i remember you know smoking the night before the drug test and nobody cared and uh and then all of a sudden i think it was the mid 80s when uh, lenny bias passed away and uh yeah. I think it was don rogers from the browns uh, closely after that and that was all cocaine related but you know they, they really cracked down after that and said you can't do any of this so but i never i never failed a drug test and uh you know there was never an issue and nothing nothing was ever brought up to me about uh you know what they found in my in my urine test or anything like that so uh, you know but back then we 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 also knew when the uh when the test was going to be you know as soon as you came to camp you're going to get tested so right you know the, the the smart people you know june 1st would quit and then uh give themselves you know 45 days to let it get out of your system. And then, you know, once you passed your test and you know, you're all good, the only thing they could test you for the rest of the year was steroids. That's mm-hmm. how crazy the, the drug policy was. I mean, you could, if you were, if you were clean on your first test, you could actually sit and smoke a joint in front of the guy, do a line of cocaine and they, they couldn't do anything about it. Well, no that's, how, that's, that's how crazy the rule was, but you know, who knows what the, what it is now, but, uh, I'm kind of, I'm glad I'm out. (laughs) That's way, that's way in my past now.
1: I mean, I got grandkids
0: now I have to worry about. I got a lot of other things and a a bad golf game. So,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like you said, the games change now. Like I just remember like from when I was a kid, like you know, I'd see stuff like Todd Marinovich and like stuff like that. He was doing all types of shit. Like, they're only focusing on like the like the the per se stars of the time. Like, what's he doing? Like, is he do- like Dennis Rodman is to the Bulls? Like, what he's drinking the shit out of beer or like whatever. But like, it was so it was pretty much just like you do your forty five days and then like okay, I got to be
0: clean like the rest of. The- uh, when, you know, once you're 45 days up, yeah, you're good. Like I said, once you pass your test, you can do whatever you want. That's how it
1: was. That's how it used to be. I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for coming on. And just one more question for you, just a quick one. So would you prefer Saturdays at BYU or, or Sundays at any
0: field you were at, maybe especially Soldier Field? Uh, it wouldn't have mattered if I was playing, as long as, long as I wasn't hurt, I could play. It, yeah, game day is game day, and that's that's what you look forward to. That's what you go through all the work for. is uh, Is Saturday afternoon, or Friday night, Saturday afternoon, or Saturday night, or Sunday, or Monday, or Thursday nowadays? You know, yeah. Pretty soon there'll be a game every day, every day of the week probably. <laughs>
1: Well, uh Jim, thanks again and honored to speak with you and good luck with everything and stay healthy, stay safe.
0: All right, brother, appreciate it. Thank you. Right. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.
1: Bye. Yeah, I'd like to thank Jim McMahon for coming on to the show. What a great classy guy. We just heard from his days with the Bears to every NFL team he's played on and I support his cannabis rights and the cannabis community, for the health it provides for people in need. I also want to give a shout-out to my friends at Greyhound Tavern in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, serving great food. Let them know. Give them a shout-out. Give them some business and go eat. And I'd like to thank 3A Gear for their clothing line and their great hospitality. And they also support Charlie Coyle for his clothing line. And produce his shirts and sweatshirts. If you want stuff like that, visit them at 3agear.com. And also personal shirts they provide as well. Also, finally, I'd like to thank uh, BMG Crew with uh, their single by Bugsy Streets and Sinbad One Life. And their single No Mercy is on Apple iTunes. So go there, check it out, and purchase And I want to thank my boy, Keith Hayes, for helping me out through all these podcasts. And uh, any more episodes, please like and please follow my page. And this is Maddie C. Peace out.
0: What's up? We the BMG Boys. And thank you for listening. Please follow his Facebook page and subscribe to his podcast at Apple
1: Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Let's go. When it comes to getting dough and chasing dollars.